0: Aviation history is populated with tales of success. There was the Wright brothers' fabled first flight to Charles Lindbergh's solo trip across the Atlantic. Every triumph pushed the limits of what we thought was possible. Lindbergh may have been the first to complete a transatlantic flight on his own, but there were others who had attempted it before him. Two pilots, John Alcock of England and Arthur Brown of Scotland, managed to fly their Vickers Vimy bomber from Canada to Ireland in 1919. For some, though, that distance wasn't far enough. That same year, a New York hotel owner named Raymond Orte came up with a contest. He offered $25,000 to anyone who could fly nonstop from New York City to Paris within the next five years. Well, the five years came and went without a winner, although many did try. Francois Colli from France certainly did, though it hadn't gone as planned. Collier had been a pilot during World War I and with his buddy Paul Tarascon. The two set out to win the Orte Prize. The only difference was that they were going to fly from Paris to New York instead. Unfortunately, they hit some serious turbulence along the way. Cooley's plane went up in flames, burning Tarascon and putting him on the sidelines. So Cooley gave his pilot role to a young ace named Charles Nagesser. Nagesser was going to make the trip by himself, but decided to use Cooley as his navigator at the request of plane designer Pierre Louvassure. Cooley and Nageser collaborated with Luvasir's team on a new aircraft, the Luvasir BL-8 biplane. It featured a wooden fuselage to allow it to land and float on water. Its unique cockpit was open on top and wide enough for both men to sit next to each other. The plane's three fuel tanks were large enough to carry just over a thousand gallons of gasoline in total, plenty for the trip they had planned. By April of 1927, the PL-8 was ready for testing. Nagasser performed several short flights around France, reaching altitudes as high as 16,000 feet. Everything seemed in fine order, and after several weeks, it was time for the two men to set their world record. On the morning of May 8th of 1927, Couli and Nagasser strapped into their bright white BL-8 biplane, nicknamed "L'oiseau Blanc, or the White Bird, all gassed up and ready to go. As it turned out, that amount of fuel combined with their body weight made for one pretty heavy aircraft, so they ditched the undercarriage and, after a few bumps, took off for the U.S. Their planned route had the pilots flying over England and Ireland, then arcing down through New England until finally touching down in New York, right in front of the Statue of Liberty. All in all, it should have taken about 40 hours from start to finish. The White Bird was spotted by many across Europe, including a British submarine commander who caught sight of it just 20 nautical miles south of the Isle of Wight. As the hours passed, spectators started gathering in Battery Park, Manhattan, to watch the White Bird make its water landing near the Statue of Liberty. Some even claimed to have seen it, flying over nearby Long Island. Papers in France jumped on the news, publishing stories about Coulee and Nageser's successful voyage, They'd made history as the first people to complete a non-stop transatlantic flight. There was just one problem. The plane hadn't actually landed. Despite being seen along the eastern seaboard, the White Bird never made it to New York. A man named Anson Berry, who'd been living in Maine at the time, told a reporter that he'd heard a struggling aircraft overhead on May 9th, but he never actually saw it. The clouds and fog overhead had obstructed his view. One theory was that a passing squall had taken down the plane, while others thought Nageser and Couli had landed in Canada and were now living amongst the native population. Over the years, investigators and enthusiasts tried locating the crash site. Some even found plane wreckage, though none of it was explicitly tied to the White Bird. Had the two men succeeded, they would have completed the first true transatlantic flight from Paris to New York and their victory would have discouraged another aviator from trying the same thing. U.S. mail pilot Charles Lindbergh was going to abandon his shot at the Orte Prize after hearing about Coulee and Nageseire. But 12 days after they took off from France, Lindbergh departed from New York in the spirit of St. Louis. He landed in Paris after a -a 33-and-a-half-hour flight. The White Bird, nor its pilots, were never found. It's been called the Everest of Aviation Mysteries, one that no one has been able to summit in the 94 years since it happened. Somewhere out there are the remnants of a white wooden bird, one that flew too close to the sun and paid the ultimate price. The Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu once said, nothing is softer or more flexible than water, yet nothing can resist it. And he wasn't wrong. When a hurricane strikes, it's not the wind we have to worry about so much as the storm surge. Rising water levels can result in massive flooding and devastation. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina caused a storm surge so large, the ensuing floods turned much of New Orleans into a river. It damaged the city's main roads and killed over 1,800 people. One hundred years earlier, a tropical cyclone in Australia caused a storm surge measuring 42 feet. Hundreds died. Thousands of fish, sharks, and dolphins were discovered miles inland, far from shore. The wind was so strong, it drove rocks into tree trunks. And countless shipwrecks have shown us that when the oceans churn, all it takes is one rogue wave to bring down a ship and its crew forever. Water nurtures. It gives life. It quenches our thirst. And yet it also has the power to destroy, much like it did in Bhopal, India, in 2019. Bhopal is a city located in the state of Madhya Pradesh, about a 14-hour drive north of Mumbai. It's been the birthplace of politicians, authors, athletes, and movie stars. It was also the site of a major industrial disaster in 1984, when a gas leak at a pesticide plant killed thousands of people. But Bhopal has turned itself around since then, The city, which boasts a population of almost 2 million, is home to numerous educational and research facilities. It was also named India's cleanest state capital city for three consecutive years. And just like much of India, Bhopal is prone to a phenomenon that occurs during the months of June through September called monsoon season. During monsoon season, a region can receive as much as 90% of its annual rainfall amounts in only a short few months. The monsoons also triggered dangerous floods, capable of wiping out buildings, streets, and even killing people. In 2019, however, the rains were nowhere to be found. A drought had struck Bhopal, and locals were desperate. Without rain, crops would not grow, and famine was set to plague the region. But rather than wait for Mother Nature's help, Bhopal residents sought a different solution to jumpstart their rainy season. They conducted a ritual known by different names in the Hindu culture. But in Bhopal, it was called the Manduka Paraneya. Manduka translates to frog, and Paraneya means wedding, literally a frog wedding. During the ritual, a male frog and a female frog are selected by the people in town. The male is named Varuna, after the god of water, while the female is dubbed Varsha, meaning rain. The frogs are then dressed in ceremonial attire before they are married by a priest. Prayers are sung and the event is treated much like human wedding, after which a large feast is held and the frogs are placed in water for their honeymoon escape. The hope is that the union of the two amphibians will please Indra, the Hindu god of rain, and will end the drought. So on July 19th, two frogs from Bhopal entered into holy matrimony as a way to stave off an impending famine, and it worked almost immediately. Bhopal accumulated nearly 67 inches of rain in September alone, right after the wedding. Their previous record had been set in 2006, when rainfall amounted to a total of 66 inches. Unfortunately, the frog wedding worked a little too well. Waters filled the streets, cars were brought to a standstill, homes and businesses were flooded. It seemed as though there was no end in sight to the damage, and more rain was coming. A group of volunteers decided to do something to stop it. Using two clay frogs as proxies for the original couple, the volunteers held a ceremonial divorce. They chanted mantras and physically separated the frogs to symbolize the end of their brief marriage. The rains ended just a few weeks later. Curious? You better believe it. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities.